0: Welcome back to the Tune Lighting Podcast. It's the podcast where we've been trying to write and record an entire musical album in just one year, part time. Uh, I'm Rob, and I'm joined as always by my co host and bandmate, Jack. Uh, hey, Jack. Hey, Rob. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> Come in, Jack. I'm, I'm here. Uh, Good to see you. <laughs> I thought you'd uh, tuned out for a second there, just uh, gazing out the window to the world outside. Oh, it's a lovely sunny day. Um, Lovely sunny day to be inside recording a podcast. We should really be more organised and uh, use those cloudy days that we had last week to. Uh, but there's you know there's football on. There's other distractions now. The world is opening up again, um, and the album is finished. So you know we're we're indulging in all these uh, fun activities again. You know, like going outside <laughs> on other days um, that we weren't doing when we were know. Yeah, potentially uh missing out on a few days when the album needed to be finished so yeah now that's done masters are back ready for release very excited we're just doing the final kind of final bits and bobs at the moment jack's uh, working hard on a lot of uh, the artwork um and like the sleeve to go in the physical copy of the the cd and all those kind of things so we're doing all that ourselves we've not outsourced any of that so a bit more work to do there until the actual album's out but um we're getting closer to release date which is uh yeah well we why we've decided to do this episode uh now i think it will be quite timely and kind of summarizing the whole project and coming to the end of the the season really um yeah it's uh so we're gonna yeah we're gonna go through and do a track by track breakdown of uh of the album kind of what to what you can expect we'll play a few little clips won't play the whole song you've got to wait for that no 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 complete spoilers but um yeah we're going to go through talk about you know where the song started how it progressed how we produced it etc etc hopefully that'll be interesting to to you listening um and yeah that's uh that's the plan we're going to try and do it in i think in two parts because yeah it's quite a lot to 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 listen to us chatting about the entire album in one podcast so yeah we're part one this week and then we'll be back with part two in a couple of weeks time which will hopefully Fingers crossed! Um, yeah, everything goes to plan. That will coincide with the release of the at least the digital album, anyway, won't it, That's, yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, I mean, we hopefully you've listened to our second single,
1: "Easy Easy," which we released um, last week. But uh, we we're actually expecting that to be out a bit sooner. But it took a long time to process in the system to uh, to get it onto Spotify and all these other platforms. So we're trying to figure out if we can. Um, schedule a release a more certain release date for the album or whether that will just be a waiting game either way um it mm, will be out there yeah
0: <clears throat> soon um yeah it's, it's been it's been straight we've learned that's another thing we've learned uh, always learning in this process but uh that I, I was i naively thought because with the podcast i can literally press publish and it'll be on spotify within about an yeah. hour at the most but for some reason with music that's not the case well, yeah you, you Press distribute and it just doesn't appear for like a well, week. One, one wish was quite odd. quick. That was
1: within a couple of days of uploading, um, which was very lucky because I, I think <laughs> I promised the, the internet that <laughs> it would be like two days um, from yeah. from uploading, which it was. But this one took about five. Uh, so you know, hof- yeah, hopefully, it was five, or six, five or six wasn't. It? Hopefully, not too many people were refreshing their computers all day last Monday waiting <laughs> uh, for it to come out I, I know I was <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, yeah so. but yeah uh, the plan is to wet your appetite with some track by track episodes and then come two weeks time when the second part is out you'll be able to listen to the album straight afterwards touchwood <laughs>
0: wood yep and then we can draw a line under this season and uh you can all go away and enjoy the rest of your summers, and listen to, listening to the album. Sounds like course. a deal. So yeah. Anyway, without further ado, the soundtrack of the summer, uh, "A Year to Live," as it's otherwise known. Let's uh, let's start with track number one. Track number one, aptly named the prologue. Um, so this is what a song that started in Jack's in my head. Mind. <laughs> this is uh, where Jack start. Um originally. Rec- where what was it called originally? Pirates Potion. Yep. This is this was the uh, which we may have um, talked about earlier in the podcast series at some point. That might have been the name that you've heard. So it may be it may be familiar. We've definitely played a couple of bits of it at various iterations of the demo. So uh, yeah, where can you remember where where this song started? Well, I know when it
1: started because I went back to look at the Ableton files. Apparently, the thirtieth of June last year. So. A whole year ago was when this uh, this song was um, first, well, started. I think I had the initial, I, I guess it probably started on synth. Um, I had this little synth sound called Panic Pad, which I kind of filtered. And it's kind of sounded like, um, it's playing this jaunty little uh, chord pattern, which sort of sounded like... Um, I don't know, like some distant um, accordion or something, some sort of like party on a desert island or something, which probably led to a pirate's potion um, name. <laughs> And yeah, I, I it all the initial part came together quite quickly, and I had this little bass thing which sounded to me sounded kind of really dubby, um, sort of, kind of you know Caribbean sounding, which isn't really like anything else uh, on the album or anything
0: yeah. that I've done before. So, so you started at the start. Start at the start. Oh, yeah. not always yeah. happened with songs. So it, quite often the. Intro comes later. Like you might start with a chorus or a verse, and then add an intro in or or something. But this week, you literally because it's not like the intro is quite different you know, before it kicks in. So it is, it's basically what how the album opens is with this. We we were talking about it, weren't we? we were saying it, I agreed. It sounded like there was it was like some music was going on in the distance, uh, and it's like as if you were walking towards it, and then like you know you open the door to the. Whatever this it, this is this mystery island, and then bam, there's the the bass kicks in and the beat kicks in. So yeah, you see, so started with that bit, not not even the main riff. You oh no, with, I mean the pre-riff. Mm,
1: I don't know. I don't know to be honest. Maybe maybe the main riff came before the little pre-riff, but it was it's was built on the same chords. So it was a, yeah, it was a very kind of little jaunty little guitar lick, I suppose, which. Sounds quite old-timey, quite old-fashioned. That's to me, which opens the album. Um, and then I'm quite happy with the beat for this one. Um, it'll be... It's kitchen drums again, but most of the beat I think is just played on one drum, one one sound. But I found yes. this... Uh, effect Um, and sort of messed with it a bit which sort of randomises the sound so it sounds like different things are being played at different times Mm. and it's um, yeah so I I sort of programmed that so every four beats it kind of makes a slightly different sound Um, and suddenly without doing that much work I'd got this, this pretty cool beat which shouldn't sound like a like what I'd usually do. I think, um, I feel like the loop probably did go on for quite a while and does go on for quite a while, actually. But I think that's OK because it's the first track in the album. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those I had to to make myself write some more chords. So it's got this quite interesting, um, what well, unusual sort of pre chorus bit, which goes on for um slightly slightly more measures than you'd think it should. Um yeah, and slightly interesting chords. Definitely for me that was a bit of a departure using more kind of uh almost sort of classical keyboard chords rather and I suppose if I'd written it on guitar I might have come up with something a bit different but it had this kind of ominous lead-in uh, to what became a chorus I think that once once I had the pre-chorus the chorus flowed quite nicely from that it was almost a um, it's almost like a little key change into a chorus it does a, a similar sort of uh, structural progression to the verse but uh, in a different key um, so yeah it, was, it wasn't the I don't think it was the hardest the hardest track to put together once I had it had the start of it
0: and when did the hoover appear That's so the I hoover
1: yeah I th- <laughs> I imagine it was pretty early on I, I guess it was I was very much in my kind of sound collecting phase um And one of the one of the key parts of that was recording the Hoover, um, just blasting the Hoover for a few seconds, and then letting uh, it—it's kind of letting it tail off, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It it makes this weird (laughs) kind of like like a balloon being let down has this "Mm," sort of sound. Um, Yeah. So I thought, oh, let's put this on a track. And I think immediately it fit quite well. Um, with, mm. with Ableton, you can... Um, I can't remember what the, f- the function's called, but you can basically move different beats around uh, to match the grid exactly, even on like s- samples which don't have mm. any kind of melodic or rhythmic content. And so yeah. with a little bit of tweaking, um, this Hoover sample fit perfectly with kind of the beat of the song. And I think I probably overused it a little bit. I just copied and pasted it and had it pretty much every bar throughout the whole song. I think you told me to to tone it down a bit. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I think that's where I I came in with this song i I remember getting it the first demo and thinking this yeah it's really cool i really like the beat uh but when it got to the chorus it was like almost too much it was you like th- thrown on a lot of instruments there was a lot going on and i think it took away from like that like you say that hoover effect was really cool but i think once it's in once it's looped over and over again it lost its uh it's charm a little bit so i think sometimes you have to it's really hard i mean it's still the hardest thing i find and probably if i went to make a second album now uh or when you know we go we do the second album I, I think i i will be able to be a bit more brutal but uh with kind of say taking stuff away and or just not putting it there in the first place be, that will be my how i will set out to to make the next one uh just be a bit more cautious with adding too much because it is it's the hardest thing I find is once you've heard something to take it away and and to accept that it's not there anymore because you you can't you get used to hearing it with it there and then you're like does it sound better does it sound worse does it just sound different and that's that's something that I found probably the hardest thing in the whole album making process Uh, but this one I think I just kept taking things away putting things back in and eventually I think came to a happy medium the chorus of uh, musically um before this is before we'd even had lyrics so just trying to make it sound good as a kind of instrumental piece and i think once you added the lyrics that took it to a, an even yeah at a different place entirely and kind of might even have taken some more things away after that to kind of let the vocals come through a bit more well
1: i know at one point you
0: you were doing some mixing on this on the chorus and um
1: you sort of said, right, just to warn you, I've, I've taken quite a few things out for chorus. So, you know, you have to let me know what you think. And I listened to it and it sounded kind of really impactful and really good. And I genuinely couldn't work out what he'd taken away, which just goes to show sort of how much <laughs> crap I must have put in there to begin with. Sort of unnecessary, <laughs> probably just copying and pasting a lot of stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, Rob cleaned that up
0: and, and made it sound really punchy yeah so I'm um, hopefully I mean we're we're happy this, one of the things I'm really pleased with how the like when I look listen back to this song the final chorus where which does have a few more elements in it I think just yeah, I'm really pleased with but but I tried having that same iteration of the chorus all the way there's three choruses in the song I think and tried having that big chorus because I like it so much on each one but then it was like it gets boring, and it, the the, fa- the impact of it was that final chorus wasn't as much. So, I've stripped back the first two choruses to be a bit, you know, a bit less going on musically. Um, same same lyrics, but just less going on in the background. Uh, and it is, I think, it, I think it does help the whole song as a as a full song. But it's uh, it's hard to not find yourself willing for that final chorus because I think it kind of uh, it it's got more groove to it when you're It's got a couple more percussive elements, I think. But it, I think it was the right thing to do for the for the song. We'll see. We'll see what the listeners say. But um, yeah, that was that was the decision that was made in the end.
1: And yeah, I suppose we should just talk a little bit about the the lyrics and the vocals. Um, so I think this one was without lyrics for quite a while. Um, it's basically. I have to say it's probably quite a um, a COVID pandemic inspired lyric Um, but it doesn't have to be it's sort of it's almost like this character who I mean first line is uh, I have come from a very near future It's basically about as if you had a warning from someone um, about something big I think but the song doesn't specify what it is um, or anything like that. But it's sort of, it's about um, those times in your life when you think, oh, you know, it can't get any worse or this is kind of, <laughs> this is, you know, as big as it gets. But little do you know that something um, something even bigger is around the corner, um, which sort of ties very much into a pandemic. But I think it was written more from a point of, not it's written more from a 2020 perspective than a say 2019 perspective it wasn't oh by the way we've we've just come from 2020 and there's this massive global pandemic that's about to come for you so uh watch out it's it it's more written from now as in well we've you know we think we've had it bad for a year but what if you know what fate has in store what history has in store is actually you know COVID 20 or <laughs> Something in twenty twenty two is, knows, or is, or is change, yeah, or... going to be even <laughs> even worse, even more significant. So that's that's the kind of general theme of it. Um, and it's, I think, it's quite, a, despite being, you know, very kind of potentially doom and gloom. It's quite, it's quite a fun idea. We had, um, yeah, had in mind kind of like a Disney villain uh, type. <laughs> You know, type scenario, especially in the pre where we've got lots of backing singing going on. We're sort of imagining, like all the, all the gods of the underworld, sort
0: of thing, getting together and. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is it got a, a bit of crack choir going on. I'll probably will play a quick clip of some of like you know without the music to, of maybe the pre-chorus just to show kind of the the choir elements that we've got going on in this one. This was one where we had a bit of a fun kind of in the studio towards the end as we were like you know adding extra bits and trying to bring these songs to life a bit more, adding uh, various characters you know, as we've talked about before with the uh, with this kind of fake choir, that it's a common tactic used by a lot of bands and a lot of artists these days to kind of in, take on personalities and, and, you know, rather than hiring in loads of backing singers to create a choir out of your own voices. So that was fun, fun to yeah, do. We got I to, enjoyed doing we got that. You had to put in
1: lots of lots <laughs> of silly voices.
0: And I can make your current problems all seem very small.
1: And also, um, it was Rob's idea... To kind of share the vocals in the breakdown section which happens towards the end so we're, I think we're both singing in one ear um I sort of did did the original kind of vocal demo just to to show Rob the idea for the, the melody um and he was like oh yeah I'll uh'm happy to sing this but what if what if kind of we shared the vocals did it just introduce both our voices just for that section um so that's what we did. So uh, hopefully it gets gets everyone yeah. nice and familiar with
0: with our voices. <laughs> it's it's a bit trippy and especially if you're listening to it in an environment where you haven't you're not in between both speakers centrally. So like if you're in a car for example and you'll have Jack's voice coming out of the right speaker, maybe the driver's side. And my voice coming out of the left, so it's it's you'll get one voice louder than the other. And I think it's kind of something I didn't really think about that much, but it's kind of interesting how yeah, you, this, the the feel of that section will change depending on where you oh, are you're in, sitting the, in the car. in the room, or yeah, where your whereabouts you're sitting in the car. So that's kind of uh, yeah, something that's a bit unintentional. But uh, one other thing to mention before we move on to the next track, guess, is that this wasn't it was quite a late decision, wasn't it, to make this the the title track or well, not title track sorry the opening track yeah
1: we um we mentioned it in a previous podcast it was a bit of a revelation a bit of a eureka moment um when we decided like now it doesn't feel like it could go anywhere else but originally i'd, th- I'd sort of i mean it wasn't it wasn't always named the prologue i think if it it would be strange to put a yeah. song called the prologue towards the end but originally that was the plan i was thinking it would be sort of building up to the big finish whatever that might, may be yeah but yeah. um with hindsight i think it's it's a natural decision to have it open the album and sort of literally introduce the fact that something big is on the way whether the rest of the album <laughs> lives up to that promise <laughs> i couldn't say but um i think it yeah it works kind of thematically
0: I yeah, already right. Moving on to track 2 and that is the title track of the album which I think we've discussed before was for a very long time assumed to be the opener as well as the title track it was it was late on in the process that we decided maybe it doesn't need to be the opener and you know it's kind of i guess it's it, it kind of remind we're well, not that we this the, we keep uh, saying that you know not that it's a strictly a very very strict th- type, yeah thematic um concept album or anything but uh you know, i like likened it to kind of well you know, quite often in a film or a play or something you might have a a big opening sequence before you kind of the film really starts you know, Yeah, so it's like a- the prologue is like the. I think pre- yeah, they
1: do it in the yeah, musicals yeah, yeah. a lot. I think they have like a big yeah. number which will set the scene, basically introduce all the characters, introduce the setting, um, without necessarily <laughs> starting the, the plot, as it were. Yeah, and then the second song might be right. Here's your main character. Here's what's going on. So I guess it's a it's a bit exactly. like that. Um, and yeah, it's it's for most of the song, it's one of the quietest on the album. Uh and yeah I was a bit apprehensive about opening the album with that for people for people might get bored and switch off before uh, mm. for track 1 so yeah very much happier with it at track 2
0: yeah i think it works better i think you right i think I'll so a lot of i definitely when i start listening to bands on spotify i'll I'll often click on the first track of an album and i think yeah it's a slow one to start it's a slow build um we actually went against some advice for a couple of people. So if we kind of rebelled a little bit uh, that like this, that we were told like, I do, you think, do you not think it's like a little bit too slow to build uh, by a couple of people. Like maybe maybe it should kick in a bit earlier, but we stuck with it. Maybe to our, you know, our stubbornness might um, might have not prevailed, you know, might not be the best uh, in the end, but hopefully uh, it works. Because I I personally said that I, I think that's one of the, charms of the song is the fact that it almost takes too long to get to the point you know it's 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 that waiting that kind of expectation it's yeah it it, it almost benefited from from the fact that it it does take a a while to kind of to build um but yeah we did
1: um i tried to combat that a little bit by in the second verse i tried all sorts of things actually um Tried adding a little kind of music box sound, um, some a little bit of brass. Um, in the end, stripped most of that back and went went to something quite similar to how it was before. But uh, I think we did we did filter it quite a lot, filter the vocals, added some uh, some crickets. added an old rec- an old video recording that I'd taken, I think, in Tr- Sri Lanka many years ago of just kind of crickets and cicadas and various wildlife but you know sort of classic nighttime sounds. um i think the thing is we wanted the vocal to be kind of really intimate um
0: which is hard for us because as we've said many times in the podcast we don't see ourselves as like you know, vocalist by trade. It was something that we made a decision on very late in the day. Like you know, we were still talking about whether we would even do vocals. So to then have a track that's not only the title track of the album, but the vocal is front and center. There's nowhere to hide. Um, you know, it, it was it was it was it was a tricky one to uh, to come to terms with, and we definitely struggled to yeah, with it for a while. And I think it, it was one of the longest songs one of the last ones to finish one of the ones we've probably spent the most time on because it is there's less to hide behind isn't there I think on some of the other tracks it's you can put some effects on you can add more instruments you can you, yeah you can this one there was nowhere to hide it had, yeah. to, it had to be spot on from a, from a vocal point of view anyway
1: yeah um, I think we we did try with a lot more kind of space echo and stuff But I just didn't feel the mood was quite right for what the song needed I mean I'd normally normally all four trying to could cover my voice <laughs> up as, as much as possible, but I, I felt that it just wasn't right for his song. So I did an, an original acoustic guitar demo I sent to Rob yeah. um, at some point last year, quite early on. And I think Rob really liked that sort of very kind of rough and ready um, sort of, quite fragile sound of it I think it was probably quite late at night I was trying to not to make too much noise um, recording it on my phone it's happening again I've worn away the pen not getting the joke no more true maybe it's too soon maybe I'm immune
0: this is one of those where we're chasing the demo the whole time we were like where you almost think like I just wish I could go back to the original demo because there's something you capture in those demos sometimes just whether whether you're not trying as hard or like you said it might be late at night and you were trying to not be too noisy something as simple as that can really add to the feel of the song and then you just want to when it, so I obviously that's my first impression of the song is hearing the demo and once you've heard that you are always chasing yeah. chasing that sound so that's what we did this song was definitely of all the tracks on the album, it's the one where we were chasing the demo the most, I would and, say. Yeah,
1: and, and vocally, we actually redid the vocals, which I don't think we did on any other track. We had a couple of days in about February, probably, where we each tried to record all our final vocals in a row. Um, went through, I was, you know, I was fairly, thought I was fairly happy with the takes and kind of got all the best ones.
0: Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time going through with like the. Um, what's it called comping, comping yeah exactly yeah, getting, getting together, the, bit,
1: yeah. the best um line from each take but at the end i was like this this isn't right um i think i was probably singing too loud or singing too far away from a
0: mic or I, I something think it was proximity from, yeah i think it was too far away from the mic so you in the demo you were obviously quite close to the mic and it was that gets that more intimate sound like i'm kind of close to the microphone and i think when you did the the final recording or that first first final recording you would stepped away from the microphone as you kind of naturally do but then you lose that intimacy that you you get in the voice so that was you know it's fine for most of the tracks but we again it's just an experience thing i guess isn't it you we, we didn't really think about it at the time and then when you come to listen to you like there's something not right about this
1: yeah um so it was one of those i d- didn't want to have to do it again having spent so much time but i was in my mind i was like this is this is inevitable. You will have to do it. You either do it now as soon as possible or, you know, you wait two weeks and then decide to do it. But either way, if you want this song to <laughs> to be as good as it can can be, then you're going to have to do it again. Uh, so I re-recorded it and um, got it sounding better. Uh, yeah, so much, much happier with how the vocals ended up from than from where they were for a bit. The outro, never mind the vocals, the outro is arguably the bit we struggled with most on this whole album.
0: Yeah, and probably still the bit where I'm kind of putting the al- album out there and being like, if there's any amazing producers out there who think that we've got potential and want to get back in the studio and redo it, then please, please get in touch because I'm happy with it. But I feel like someone who is re- you know, a really talented producer with a lot of experience could could pull it off slightly better i probably think that about a lot of things on the album and you probably just because you've yeah i'm quite (laughs) self-defeatist just like you know i i I feel like there's there's always someone that could do a better job but um yeah this bit in particular god it was it is it's almost i look at this song as almost two songs two battles that we we had to yeah overcome uh there was the first what is it two two and a half minutes of of the song which is very stripped back as just just the vocal and a couple of instruments really like you know very basic drums and and uh some synths and a bit of guitar um that was one battle to get that to sound right and then it then it kicks in to a big crescendo it's kind of like the album opener The like you know the this is where the curtain's going up and everything's everything's starting in this in this album and uh yeah it, it, getting the contrast between the two parts and then God, it was it was, a, it was <laughs> this was a struggle. This bit um, we we had gone through so many iterations. Again, it was like the demo was almost there. It was like it just wasn't recorded that well, and yeah, there were parts that were slightly wrong, like you know, mistakes in there and stuff. So it had to be redone. There was no using the original demo, a lot of it, but it was again just trying to capture it, and just couldn't figure out what it was. About the re-recorded version that wasn't quite working in the same way as the as the demo it's, it's, it's I, I think the good. demo was it was good as a demo but
1: mistakes or no mistakes i don't think it was it was right i think it was it needed more it needed a, a really massive impact towards the end um which we didn't mm. quite have it was sort of 90 percent of way there to live. Trying to get that final 10 was so hard we'd you know turn everything up we'd add more parts it would sound it would sound worse so
0: we'd take parts away we'd re-record parts uh and it, it's really fascinating wasn't it like uh, we kept so we kept saying i just can't believe that like, I, yeah increasing the volume so there is like a jump up in volume obviously which is one thing but you can't just keep increasing the volume to add more impact and you can't just keep adding more instruments to add more impact which we try and it just it's amazing when you're like How does this sound worse and less impactful when I've just added another seven guitars? (laughs) How is that possible? But it did, it did. It's it's really strange how the the human mind perceives It is quite fun
1: looking at the waveform for this one, actually. was such a big difference still between the outro (laughs) and the rest of the song. Massive jump up in volume. Um, But yeah, I think the breakthrough for the outro came because we had this we've got sort of two or three lead guitar parts in the outro quite sort of shiny uh you know fairly high up on the fretboards these little twinkly little riffs um but they're all kind of competing in a way so i think i pitched one of them up to a a higher octave and but still two of them were kind of playing at the same time and they were in, they were in there for ages, I and mean, I think all the parts sounded good, but I think you just you in the end decided that one of them had to go, and instead of having a a lead guitar for when it kicks in, um, well I suppose it's still a lead guitar that we've got, but it's a it's a more kind of it's more like power ballady, basically playing sort of single notes, but with lots of kind of distortion and, uh, so you, so you've got more room to focus on the
0: sound and the impact rather than the melody that's being played mm. and there's loads of things like to, it's yeah it's not just about like four bars and then add something and then it like it keeps stepping up it, it does do that but like it's all about kind of cutting things out for a split second to let like the drum fills kind of shine through and stuff like that that just took ages of kind of uh, of getting everything to sit right and then the the um rhythm guitar that sits behind it having just the right amount of distortion and overdrive on it that it doesn't just get completely washed out because you want to hear like the chord changes like the power chords that are being played but you know it needs to be loud and and distorted enough to have the impact without becoming this just mess mm. of noise and it's hard because
1: it what it did it wanted to be loud and grungy but like you say it's still still kind of crisp and clean I mean I think of all the songs this is um, in itself is very conceptual song Um, and I think part of the reason we sort of kept the the verses uh, fairly um, sort of continuous is that it was trying to match for kind of the arc of the song Um, I'm sure it'll be sort of fairly self-evident when you listen to the lyrics, what it's about, but basically the first, first couple of minutes are about sort of monotony and kind of a, a very, a life gone a bit stale and the outro is supposed to be the kind of explosion of color. Um, and hence why we've got some sort of real drums in there rather than kind of glitchy program kitchen drums. Uh, and kind of more guitars, uh, less synths. Um, so that's, yeah, that's supposed to, that is supposed to be the realization at the end of the song that <laughs> this guy, this narrator, is has is realized he's actually got one year left to live and it's sort of a, the magnificence of life has just revealed itself to him in this explosion of sound, which
0: is, you know, over before which it's causes his which causes this computer to crash, which is often what would happen when I was mixing this track is that it would get to the intro and everything would kick in and then Ableton would just crash. So Yeah, there was uh, a lot yeah, that of that was, towards the end, fun. which
1: is very frustrating when you're on a deadline.
0: Yeah, like the computer fan going absolutely crazy. Like having to use, in Ableton, there's a feature where you can freeze tracks. So essentially you can't edit them. You can, uh, it may it, 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 Basically, it helps the CPU uh, on your computer by... So you can't edit it. I don't know exactly what it does. But um, yeah, I had basically all the tracks frozen and only the ones I was editing you know, not frozen. And all these little tricks. It was getting very frustrating by the end uh, <laughs> to, to make sure that the computer didn't just crash when I was working on this bit. Um, the other bit I think worth mentioning is kind of... Um, which I thought was... Another interesting revelation, I guess, in production is you, you kind of quite often underestimate um, build the building of tension, what you can do in like a really short space of time. And obviously in this track, the tension is building throughout, like as if it's building towards something, uh, particularly in the, just before the outro, like the drums come in and it's, the, the pace is picking up. Uh, and the the vocals are kind of making you think, or something. Something's on the horizon. Something's about to happen. But um, I did this little, just a little guitar slide before the outro. Just li- it's literally half a second of just running the finger down the fretboard, and it adds just I think uh, just that was kind of the final piece in the puzzle to unlock the kind of the the this bit of. Uh, Tension, I guess, because I always you, you kind of can't it's hard to comprehend that, that something that short can set something up, you know. So it's it, but your mind can work on those kind of timescales, like, like while you're listening to a song. But, oh, right.
1: Yeah, we had a, we had a bit of back and forth about just how long that gap between the sort of <laughs> the build up and the the outro would be, because there's a few seconds of silence. And originally that was quite short and we made it longer, a bit shorter again. (laughs) And then Rob was like, I think it needs, I think it needs a little introductory noise rather than just springing, springing the first note on you. So that's where that little guitar rumble came from.
0: Like you think when you're sort of someone says, like, oh, you producing an album, like, certain, they have an idea of things that would have taken ages. And actually, when it comes down to it, it's arguing over things like how long a pause should be before you. Know, things that seem so insignificant when perhaps you're listening to the album, but those are the things that end up taking loads, loads of time. So what if time was short? Fun.
1: Would it be a blessing? More haste, not a day to waste, not an hour misplaced. No more second guessing. I'd find the colours and the lines faded over time, regaining their sharpness to see the year in UHD is surely worth 50 years in total darkness. Suddenly I'm home. Doctor on the phone,
0: sympathetic tone.
1: Tell me what you know. Is it set in stone? How long left to go? Heart is beating quick. Feel a little sick.
0: So track number three. I Make Lists. So so we've just had the uh, the big crescendo at the end of uh, A Year to Live. It's the kind of the realization that this... Uh, <laughs> The, you know, of, of all this, uh, this journey is beginning. So where where do we go after that? What's the, where's the uh, sonically where are we off to? <laughs> well,
1: uh, I suppose on that point lyrically, I, this um, I was always quite keen to have this song flow from I met, from uh, a year to live because it starts with a lyric such a big world, so little time, and that is that just felt like a perfect follow in from the end of the previous track. Uh, so i kind of wanted the two to come together um and it's yeah it's it's another it's another lyric i wrote fairly early on um last year and i sort of felt like i needed to sing this one because it was it's not it's not personal in the sense of you know oh it's very it's private or um sensitive or anything like that. But it, I think it was, you know, quite a bit of myself in it. Um, so I thought, yeah, I sh- I thought this is one I needed to sing. But because the song was written relatively early and everything, the lyrics and music were mainly pretty much tied up once we, we did an episode about this song um, way back last year, it was one of the first ones, I think, that I thought, right, this is almost definitely going to be on the album. And um Yeah. So So the other songs in some way or another will fit around this. Um But that meant that everything was kind of fixed before I'd kind of realised worked out how to transpose or realised what I should be transposing, um to fit my kind of vocal range better. So it's quite a hard one to sing. Um and you know, we we melodyned it a, quite a bit so it's got a bit of a um, kind of an auto-tune vibe which is sort of, sort of semi-intentional decided to go with it but anyway yeah that's that's the that's the vocals, the music like I say, the structure of it was there quite early on when we played that episode um, based around a couple of main synth sounds, one was this um, what I call the off synth synth um, with this really kind of bassy dirty uh ominous, ominous kind dr- of droney, uh, yeah pad yeah, isn't it which yeah. um that that opens the song and sort of
0: plays throughout yeah, only yeah that provides a kind of the sonic bed exactly <laughs> for, yeah for the song doesn't it kinda of everything else is built up upon um it's it's quite it does definitely take you to a a different place sonically, particularly from like the last couple of tracks. Um, And that, yeah, that baseline kind of, and the key that it's in, uh, it's, it's, it's got an ominous kind of feel to it. And, and almost kind of goes into the more of a dance, like particularly the verse is more of a, uh, like a dance music kind of world, just because of like the, the nature of the sub, the sub bass and how low it is. Mm. And and stuff. So that was was one of the things that came later, um,
1: changing the second verse so it's got this almost sort of you know almost kind of dubstep drop um everything you know the guitars drop out um we cleaned up with drums a lot from the original demo which you may or may not remember from the episode we did on this it was kitchen drum sounds with lots of toms going on or cola bottle hits um which sounded cool on its own, but really, really messy. Like with massive, massive tails and everything.
0: Um, so much background noise, like there was so much noise going on to the fact that it was like clouding the whole, yeah, the whole sound. It was just, it, it was, there was just, like because the toms were ringing out, there was, a, yeah, very much like all these frequencies, when you looked at the EQ and the frequency spectrum, like all these just noises basically that were going on like after the, that was ringing out that were just getting in the way.
1: So I think one of the first things I do when I revisited it because we left this song alone once we decided oh yeah I was still going on the album this is you know pretty much there we left probably left it alone for the best part of six months before thinking actually we need to finish the album this song's not done yet and suddenly suddenly it was quite daunting um
0: there's somewhere you know from the start are going to be battles and it can take a lot of work and this one we for some reason we thought now nah, that's that's almost there and reality is it's never almost there is it no it was very structurally which
1: i think was what what fooled us what fooled me a bit um but yeah one of the first things i did second time round was to completely clip the drums um just harshly chop off all the tails so it kind of Kept or even added the kind of robotic feel to them. But um, but just didn't completely dominate the mix like they were before. Um, so that helped. And apart from that, it was kind of subtle things. re recorded a few things. Tidied some things up. Added a kind of sub-bass arpeggio into the, the choruses to
0: kind of give it a bit more bit more groove i suppose um yeah the big thing for me production wise in this song was to get the contrast between the the verses being dark and ominous and grungy and then the the choruses being bright and light and that mm -hmm. contrast which i think works but there's yeah a lot of things kind of had to be done with eq and and yeah instrumentation and stuff to make to make that happen
1: yeah i think i think we're both pretty happy with how this came out considering at one point we were you know kind of worried
0: about it i was ready to give up on it on one point i'll be honest like it was there was it was the one where I, with a couple of months to go i was like how we i just can't see how this comes together like, i love the ideas and I love the like some of the riffs and stuff but i just there was just too many things where i was like how do we get around that and yeah it was definitely one of the ones that came together quite close to the end um just yeah, everything kind of clicked. Eventually, you kind of you get through that brick wall, but yeah, it was uh, there were a few brick walls <laughs> for a while with this one. The the other the, one of the main things, and and I'd be interested to hear what people think of the track in the end. Is the lead the lead ri- the lead part uh, in the verses uh, and at the start? I thought it was a guitar originally when Jack sent it. but I think it's actually a synthesizer. It's very distorted. Um, yeah, so is it almost guitar. It's, it's
1: actually a synth sound that I called fog or foggy, and that appears. That's the same sound that plays the chords in A Year to Live, and I think it appears on a couple of other songs later. But yeah, we we kind of had I think everyone who heard it thought, yeah, that's that's cool that's an important part of the song but it was still
0: it makes you sit up and pay attention mm. doesn't it but it was getting that so as soon as the lyrics started coming in which the lyrics were there from fairly early on but they do compete like sonic and i think like there would definitely be producers out there this is why i'm interested to hear what people think that would say like that's that can't work like one of them either has to go up or one of them has to go down or something has to be done but i think part of the charm of this song is the fact that they are competing it's almost like Jack's vocal is fighting against the kind of, this horrible, not horrible noise, <laughs> that's not the right, but like quite jarring uh, yeah, it's quite noise. It's kind of coming through from another dimension or something and it's like, you're trying to get your words out, you're trying to get the vocal out and this you're trying to portray your feelings to the listener and this annoying noise <laughs> is, I'm oh, not annoying, I keep saying annoying. Like <laughs> it's, it's a charming <laughs> this, noise. This noise, yeah, this charming noise um yeah keeps trying to get in the way so that's that was kind of a creative decision that i i did i it does there are some things in there so it does it does dip when the vocal comes in so it's like automated yeah, I think slightly was... but not as much as it could have it, i could have done i kind of left it a bit in your face well, i
1: think we did um more of that on this song than a lot of the others was kind of automating actually not having each track being the same level throughout like some cor- like sometimes in the chorus it, that would need to go down or we need to start louder and get quieter to let something else shine through. I feel like this was a song where we kind of really discovered the need for, you know, fluidity in levels, um, rather than just keeping everything the same throughout. So, yeah.
0: Um, what, what anything else to say on, on this one in particular?
1: Um, it's just a, yeah, just a case, a few little bits of ear candy really finished it off at the end. I, um, it was one of the lyrics mentions uh, a lemming, so it was a very very subtle sound, attract, uh, sound effect from the computer game Lemmings, which we used to play <laughs> as children. Um, it's a Little splat. I mean, it's it's quite low in the mix. Don't don't to be too gratuitous. that's one of those things. I, I know it's there. That's nice. Um, added added a bit of lead guitar at the end. Actually, over the the last kind of instrumental chorus just to give it a bit of a kick. Um so that's you know, one of those things that's maybe seems like quite an important part now that just wasn't wasn't there um at the beginning. A nightmare, I, had as a child. I could see the monster coming from mile. Face the danger Didn't flinch. Everybody ran. I couldn't move an inch. I make lists just to cross things off. Pray freedom. But when it comes, I freeze up. Hey there, rabbit. See those fog lights. Check 4. easy, easy. Which you may well have heard. Already, if you haven't <laughs> pause this podcast, go and listen
0: to it, and then come back. <laughs> it's out. Yeah, it is out now. It's the one we chose as our second single, Um just because we felt it was it sounded single like, mm. <laughs> and Important. it's kind of uh, yeah, it's it, it's quite short, so while, while like quite succinct, and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, quite dancey uh, uh, probably one of the more dancey tracks on the on the album Definitely. so yeah do listen to it if you haven't already but we'll, if you yeah, if you really don't want to listen to it we'll, we'll, we'll describe just talk to it. you about the song don't know how to describe it to you and then you can ima- imagine it in your head am I
1: right in thinking this is one of the last if the not if not the last song written for the album certainly last song to be started it felt like quite late in the game
0: yeah yeah, definitely. It was it was one of those where we probably said on the podcast, "It's like I need to stop writing new songs." And it was probably the final new song that got written, probably around Christmas, maybe slightly after. I don't know, it early twenty twenty one, maybe during during uh, lockdown last year. We've not been to any live music events really since the end of 2019 and that's that's been really weird writing the album without the because we go to so many both me and jack go to watch so many bands usually or try and go and watch a lot of live music we go to festivals you know and that's where i could get a lot of inspiration for for writing a lot of the time i'll you know the next day after seeing a band i'll be really fired up to start writing some music it's it's those moments i think live music more than anything is what gets me excited about you know writing music um, so there wasn't much of that, but the day before I wrote this, we watched an online gig, uh, of, of the band Bellowhead, uh, British folk band, uh, um, more contemporary folk bands so not, they have, they have some traditional elements, but they also, yeah, they bring things up to the modern day a bit more and, uh, yeah, I watched that set and just a really amazing kind of live performance still the energy there really made me harker back for like live music and and getting people in a crowd you know dancing and stuff and so I kind of sat down it might even have been the evening after watching it and just in front of the computer with a guitar and was like I want to write something that's like dancey and and would be fun to play live that was what I was thinking uh maybe it won't even go on the album I just was in the mood to write something so I just did uh and it just kind of um came from there really I think the song started with the I think it started with the bass line um and I just I hadn't really used the bass guitar on that many tracks on the album I hadn't written on on my new bass guitar that I bought last year um I definitely I'd I'd re-recorded parts from demos on it but I'd not written anything on it so I was quite keen to write a track from scratch on the bass bass riff came first and then from there it was kind of built up in a in a loop kind of way and um, yeah the guitar riff was added, was added soon after. Some kind of more spacey synth sounds to kind of add a bit of our spin on it. Yeah, because it definitely
1: feels like one of the most live tracks, one of the most kind of guitar, bass, drums, um, you know, traditional, if you like, instrumentation on the album. Although, like you say, Mm. there is some quite prominent uh, synth soundscape stuff
0: going on as well. So, I, very, I mean, we've, we've tried a lot of different like weird stuff on the album and I was very keen to have at least one track on there that's just like fourth to the floor. It may even be 120 BPM or very close to, you know. Well, it's, it's a...
1: I'll, yeah, I'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, I wanted I wanted to kind of just fourth four, four to, four to the floor. So, yeah, I think very quickly I kind of put in a, a kick drum uh, sample to just get that in, ingrained um, and then I think one of the one of the most fun things I probably did in this track was laid down some hi hats um, and then reversed them. Um, so it creates this kind of like it's like a shuffle Shuffle-y sound. I th- I th- I'm sure it is a technique that other people have used in the past. I'm not you know <laughs> I'm not doing anything uh, crazy inventive here. But yeah, by reversing it, you, can, you know, when 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 the open. So if, say it's like close hi-hat and then the classic like close 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 open and there's that sound of like the hi-hat opening as it goes like um so when you reverse that it creates this kind of sucking sound i guess as if like the drums getting sucked into like a vortex or something So you've got that. I just looped that over and over again, and it kind of uh, it just created this um, almost a different feel again to the to the kind of to the groove, which which I quite liked. It reminded me of a an Eastern mm. type kind of progression. Definitely the guitar I, I don't know line. If it does, is to me, yeah, the guitar line. That, that's what one of the first things that um, I came up with, and it just I, I, the song ended up going in quite a different direction, perhaps to to what I originally thought it would from that, from that guitar riff, but, um, yeah, yeah, it ends up more kind of more spacey, I suppose, more, and
1: we've got a lot of what, what I call robo vocals, kind of robotic sounding, um, fomented vocal backing vocals, um, which I suppose gives it a kind of a more spacey futuristic feel. Uh, but, it, but yeah, the, the guitar part is more kind of earthy and, and grounded.
0: The guitar part was one of those where it's simple, but it has to be right. And I think it it took a lot of takes. I think I ended up doing about 50 takes of the guitar riff to kind of get it to sound right uh, in time in the end. Um, Because I found like recording it and moving things around on the grid in Ableton just didn't, it lost the live kind of feel. And so I I felt like I had to get it right um, in real time. So that took a while um yeah and then i, I then because it was quite quite a regular um beat and it's 444 you know, four, four and all that was quite normal uh, My the the in the instinct in me was to try and weird it up a bit or do something so i was very keen not to just have a, a just standard structure of just verse chorus verse chorus so there's kind of a c part that i came up with to throw in there which is um almost like a breakdown but it occurs twice so it's not quite a quite the same as a traditional middle eight or a breakdown um yeah so that that's uh that came in f- fairly late on but to try and take the song in a bit more maybe of an interesting direction and break it up yeah it's it definitely
1: a conscious decision i think
0: originally there was an extra chorus in there as
1: well which um as, as catchy as it was we thought, yeah that's probably probably four choruses um it would have made the song about five minutes long, I think, um,
0: and we decided to take it out in the end. Um, so the vocals came quite late on this one. I think the track was pretty much there, like yeah.
1: Yeah, Rob played me the the demo, um, like I say, quite late on. I think it was the last thing I heard, um, probably around January, I think. And in my last episode, I said that by that point I'd sort of switched my mindset to focusing. On, you know, the tracks we had. So my my first reaction was was apprehensive that like, oh he, he's still writing songs with like <laughs> three mu- three right months to go songs. to a deadline. Um, but then I heard it and I was like oh well this is this is pretty much done already so that's that's okay and then and I just listened to it in the kitchen and the melody just came I think on the first listen really easily um mm-hmm. the chorus melody <laughs> easy. easy yeah well yeah. maybe I think that's that probably. That Probably inspired well the lyric as well, yeah, yeah. It yeah. just had this really kind of breezy, cool. um, yeah, kind of everything's everything's all right sort of vibe in, in the groove. Yeah, so, I mean, lyrically, um, I sort of took that and ran with it. That and the fact it's kind of had a sort of spacey, futuristic sound. Um, so it's almost kind of written from a perspective of you know, um, some sort of Martian or, or alien um, uh, who's kind of experiencing planet Earth, uh, if you like, and getting to grips with it. Um, it's the, it's a moment everything clicks. It's like the, the life hack, if you like. I mean, it could be something really simple that you've never worked out, never realised how to do, until one day you just get it. And that's kind of it. It's like, it's that feeling initially of, does everyone else find this really easy? Um, What what am I not getting? And then suddenly, there's loads of lines in there, like, "Uh, I'm starting to see why this is so popular. That kind of thing. It's it's that kind of moment of, um, going, oh, all right, yeah, no, I I get it now. Um, And suddenly, suddenly, you know, there's a whole world of possibilities. So that's the sort of vibe of the song. Um.
0: I got my new shoes, I got level
1: two Got that pink blue, I got you YouTube If I don't know what to do I can
0: infiltrate,
1: I can imitate Even I don't
0: know if I'm a fake How did I not know this was an option I could have chosen soon Everybody told me it's not only possible It's easy, easy Just watch the way I human life Stay do it on the TV easy,
1: right. easy, Track 5 Track 5, Everybody Knows My Name uh, Which was apparently written in July last year And named Like Totally uh, Oh, I don't think... I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think that didn't name stuck that. around very long. I I think it became everybody knows my name quite quickly.
0: Um does that mean that the lyrics came quite Yeah, quickly I think I think
1: the sort of The basic premise for the lyrics um I'd had for a little while and was, I've kept trying to put it onto other songs. Um the basic idea being of equating the world we live in today, where we're inundated with personalised emails and text messages from people trying to get you to buy stuff, uh, sort of equating that with yeah being a celebrity, basically. Um, because that's you know that's how they want you to feel. They want you to feel like you're being waited on by in hand yeah, yeah hand and foot
0: that you're special, that you're special, that you're... Um, yeah.
1: everyone, people you've never met, companies you've never heard of. Get in touch with you twenty four
0: seven,
1: and it's yeah. It's like oh, well, what if? What if you did try and you know absurdly celebrate that fact um, and and <laughs> believe that actually yeah, it must be a pretty big deal. So that's kind of a song. It's you know quite light uh, light hearted, but I think
0: yeah, almost a bit of humor. Probably I'd say one of the more humorous. It's, it's songs an absolute I mean. barrel um, yeah, of laughs. A lot of like. uh, <laughs> Depends what your sense of humour is yeah. like, I guess. Like slightly dark th- humour, but... for humor. Um, <laughs> Hopefully it's low.
1: But anyway, yeah, the song started... I think it came together quite quickly. There's not a lot of messing around. It's it's quite a short three-minute pop song, I guess. Um, it started on, on synth. I think li- the intro was the first thing that came with this one. There's sort of two, two synth parts playing a little chord pattern next to each other um
0: which we ended up filtering we did yeah quite considerably didn't we to kind of build because i wanted it that big riff to to i think we've played this an early demo of this song to james russell who we had on the podcast and uh, he said the we need to get it pumping mm. i think was his words. He, yeah so his, the like the bait the kick and the snare. Uh, I was. It's, but it's not even a snare is it really it's, it's a kick it's and clap, um, i suppose it's cl- clapping like a kind of clang of a isn't it like how oh, is it has it got the,
1: the old water bottle
0: yeah So it's quite industrial, it's like doom-clank, doom-clank, and he was like get that beat, you know, make sure you get that. So that was one of the quests from the start was like to really make that impactful. So part of that, making it more impactful was, you know, building to it at the start by by filtering everything in. So yeah, that was was quite a challenge to get that to really stand out against the, the, the main rift.
1: tricky little one to mix this um, yeah I mean it's I like the fact that it's got sort of really prominent synths and really prominent guitars they both seem like they're um, kind of equally important to a song but kind of juxtaposed against each other like we have got really scuzzy guitars which I think most of them were kept from the original demo um, especially in the kind of Little pre-chorus, there's a little lick that that goes on, um, but I think we just decided that sounds good. Let's not try and fix what isn't
0: broken. I had an early demo of this song, which well, not song, not an early demo, an early pre-master of this song, where it was quite trebly, like the kick was very. It was almost not a kick anymore. It was like a, you know, it was so, high, so higher, much higher up in the register. Uh, it didn't have like the kind of subby-ness to it, um, and the bass wasn't that prominent. The bit ba- I think, the bass might have originally been played on guitar. Yeah, like, it, yeah, up. I probably would have so, just bitched down the guitar. Mm, so it was lacking like a lot of low end, but I kind of liked it. Almost like it was a bit, it it, it it almost worked. But I think in the end, I ended up going going there we need to re-record the bass and we need to get some sub kicks in mm. there to, to have that low end uh to the point where i think i took it too far at one point and you, you were saying well no i think we need to try and tone that down it's it's just it's all bass yeah
1: it's, it's a tricky balance because it's got a lot of trebly parts in it the guitars and the simps, um which need to shine but also it is a fe- essentially a kind of groovy groove led track so it needs to be a lot of bass as well but yeah, I think it reverses are a more more stripped back, which I like. Um, I, I like the way the kind of ar- arpeggios uh, sit together. It's got this kind of, I think it's a 14-beat bass pattern, so it sort of folds back on itself a little bit earlier than you'd expect. Um, What else is in there? I've got these. I use quite a lot the uh, kitchen cowbells. I don't know how many songs it made it onto in the end, but it feels like a lot, a very kind of staple tax sound of you know a couple of cowbells, um, which, fun fact, is exactly the same cola bottle as I use for all the tom sounds, just the cowbells are pitched up, the toms are pitched down. So that's all from, from one bottle of aldi cola um best 75p i've ever spent or however much it was so yeah it's quite it's quite a chilled a chilled verse before it's kind of scuzzy riff comes in um but i think we had this is one of our First songs where I had a lot of fun adding ear candy to as well. Um, whether it was like panning vocal echo left and right. Um, I think at the end of the second verse was was a bit of that. Um, there's a bit where I, I found a little clip of our, I don't know if I've told you this, found a little clip of our voices um, and just played it backwards. So uh, there's a line, what does it say? There's a line where it says they talk a little bit like people do, but not the same and it's this little bit of Air candy which is uh, which is you know is you or me or both of us just played in reverse and I thought oh yeah that sounds like people but not quite they talk a little bit like people do but not the same still they don't forget my birthday and they know my
0: name, my name, my name. so that's why that made it in <laughs> Cool, yeah. There's a few little bits, aren't there? Little like technology sounds, yeah. And, little, little, yeah, bleeps little and bloops. call
1: center bleeps. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. I've got. I found all the kind of most common mobile phone and email tones I could find, and just stuck all those on there at one point.
0: Just yeah, nice. really. Uh, drive home the it, it, the kind of the kind of thing again. It's like it's literally hard. Not even a second of audio, but it probably took you half a day to put together oh, you know yeah, it's I like if that you was it on the fair, tracks, fairly quick but yeah it's it's as it, a it's small thing. like five or six tracks yeah there's, there's a lot of tracks, tracks yeah, yeah. just
1: for that tiny bit of ear candy yeah, exactly
0: uh, another good uh crack choir uh, song you know the fun yeah. one to to do Lots for the, of haze and the hay and, there's yes. a lot of haze. yeah so there's some confused neighbors next to the recording studio if the uh, if the soundproofing didn't quite work they might hear a dist- a lot of distant haze like who said that
1: <laughs> yeah how many how many people are in that room we've got this really low sounding guy we've got this really high yeah. weedy hey. guy hey
0: hey
1: yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I, no idea how many of them made it in at, in the end it's probably about
0: at least <laughs> six or seven
1: hey 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 hey
0: yeah so it's i mean it is it's a short short and snappy kind of song kind of yeah quite poppy uh not too kind of concept doesn't go off in too many crazy directions like maybe some of the other songs on the album so do. yeah it's it was got just, one it was one of those like don't overthink mm-hmm. it we kind of i think we said that to each other at some point know, yeah, this one doesn't need to be that com- like complicated it can just be yeah it's got one short short c-section which
1: does you know some ads in
0: some kind of curveball
1: chords and um, mm. it's got some nice little hand claps in which I uh, kept asking you to turn up Um
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, this is a key part of the song Rob, you need to be able to hear the hand claps uh, and I think it, it does benefit from a little bit of a, a kind of cleanse section after the, the chorus um, I can't I said it reminded me of uh the Stranglers. It, yeah, T-T. it does it does have a similar sort of progression to that, I think. I think it was just one of those I, it probably was a conscious effort to to add some more chords in. And um I think we we did have a comment that you know, these these, these chords are a bit at odds with the rest of the song. Like they're much more major than the rest of the song. Um but I sort of felt that I was that was part of the I- the idea again. Thinking sort of thematically, it's kind of a a jarring, you know, technological world we live in, where you get flung in different directions by these kind of robotic sounding overlords, and uh, you know, <laughs> s- suddenly, suddenly you're back into reverse again, and everything's calmed down a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, don't know exactly where it came from. I thought it sounded quite good.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm becoming pretty good friends with some companies. Don't know how we met, but they keep asking after me. They talk a little bit, like people do, but not the same Still they don't forget my birthday and they know my name Track six is called One Step Forward. Um, <laughs> so, this is the first, what we call the in between tracks,
0: um, of which there were three on the album. Which you've probably obsessed over a little bit too much in the of like.
1: Yeah, So it's, it's something we. We really want in between tracks. <laughs> we talked about a lot <laughs> yeah. throughout the podcast, but we didn't actually get onto until, well, it must have been at least February um this year yeah. because we didn't really know where they were going to go where you know where the gaps were well, needed you, you can't do the in-between yeah. tracks
0: and you've got the tracks to go in between that's the yeah yeah the tricky, tricky thing
1: so i think certainly at this point in the album it felt like a good point for a pause we'd had a you know a few kind of high energy uh single like tracks um and so i um, everybody knows my name ends really abruptly which felt like a good kind of sudden point to take a breath. Um so yeah, we we had a few potential ideas for these sort of interludes.
0: I was going to say we sat down and we in sort of February and went through a load of demos and we're like, do any of these feel like they would work as an interlude track? Yeah. So yeah, I don't think we we actually wrote anything new for the interludes.
1: We're like, well, we've we've all got it's like has yeah, yeah, exactly. got to Yeah, it's so much crap. We've cram, got a mind full of yeah. half-finished songs um, on our desktops. Let's let's go there first. So I think the first track I thought of was this thing called Fog Peggio, which again was using the fog uh, synth sounds that has appeared in A Year to Live and I Make Lists and a few others, um, which I thought sounded really cool but it was kind of it was all it was all loops it was just building and building with different little uh licks and things and i liked it and i would have liked to have made a song out of it but then i thought is well it's, i'm definitely not going to do that in time for the album maybe i'll never do it at all um and also it's only really one kind of part like i say it's just a loop that builds and builds so maybe is an ideal candidate for an interlude that only needs to play for a minute, a minute and a half.
0: Yeah, it's uh it. It's got that kind of. Uh, what I, I like it in, in an interlude track and kind of in between track is is like you say it's a bit of respite from the. Uh, from the energy there's quite there have been quite a few before this track on the album so I, everybody knows my name easy easy um, they're quite up tempo quite um lots going on so it, it felt like the right time in the album to have a breather and i thought this track it almost yeah it just has that kind of meditative uh dreamy quality to to the sound which was kind of what i was looking for in a in this particular in-between track yeah it's very kind of
1: melancholy um um like foley played a big part in this um getting getting field recordings to kind of blend in with the sounds uh and add to some kind of narrative i think this is i think one of the ideas of the in-between tracks is that they will reinforce whatever kind of concept or whatever kind of narrative you have within the album um And so that, you know, that is one of their purposes. Um, So I sort of, I was obsessed with trying wherever possible to get samples and field recordings that are from this year from the album making process. I thought that was, you know, even though it might not have any relevance to anyone else, to us, I thought, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's important that we know that that's, uh, that's where it's come from. So there's a, there's a sound right at the start of traffic, which is literally outside my window where I'm sitting now, um, and where I've done most of my work on the album, uh, and the sound of the window shutting, which again, is, is probably quite on the nose, but that's, especially during lockdown, that is like a big part of my soundtrack every night. I try and just stick my head out the window, get a bit of air, get the sound of the city um wondering when i'll be allowed outside again and then just shutting it before going to
0: bed so is that is that that sound is is the sound of the window it's a window closing uh window closing because i thought that was the sound of you taking a breath
1: oh interesting well it could be whatever you want i mean i've probably ruined it now for um yeah (laughs) <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> to me, it sounds like you're opening a your window and going, like, taking, like, a deep inhalation of, of air. I mean, that,
1: is, that, is, that is sort of the, the vibe I was hoping for, I suppose. Um, the idea, I mean, yeah, it, it almost does seem a bit backwards because once the window closes, the music kind of gets louder um, as if you're kind of... So whether that's as if you've come in through the window or... You're blocking out the sound from the outside. I don't really know, but um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's supposed to be like a transition into this other kind of dreamy state, I suppose. Um, so you've got the mundane traffic sounds, and then you're back back in the room, outside the room, inside your own head, wherever it wherever it needs to be, um, and you're just kind of taken on this little synth led journey for a little
0: bit. Um Yeah. I think, I th- okay what other tracks did you did you add in? Um so I mean there's the the arpeggio is kind of the underneath everything. Uh what else is there that
1: was, most of it's most of the synth stuff is on the fog synth. So there's these little twiddles, a high and low kind of call and response thing um and to each other with some swells. Actually, I think there is another synth sound called Bulbous Dream which, again, appears on a lot of the tracks throughout the album. It's this sort of mm-hmm. sort of sounds just to kind of pad out um, and, yeah, sort of in- increase a bit of atmosphere. Um, I, meant, I mean, I've never really thought of it this way, but it's, it could be as if you're, you're literally physically moving like on a train or something and sounds are popping in and out Um, and there's a guitar, this kind of guitar chord pattern that I had, um, that comes in, I suppose that's sort of the lead part in a way. And it was a vocal sample, which came very late, which I sort of, again, just wanted to soak that in effects, make it really kind of otherworldly. Um, as if as if someone's trying to speak to you, maybe, you know, maybe you're in this dream and you can hear this voice and you're trying to make out exactly what it says because it seems really important. Um, but then kind of a track fades out before you can really, really hear what it is. Um, and it ends again with some more sound effects some more foley actually it's got um, it's a sample of a friend of ours walking on this kind of gravel path um, and I've sort of filtered it so it sounds like the footsteps are getting getting nearer and nearer so that's kind of both a a lead into One Wish for Next Track and a little metaphorical um, you know, return
0: to the normal world after this, this little interlude. Yeah. yeah. So I hope you agree that when you listen to it, that it's, uh, it does provide that little bit of a breather before going into the next single. Or mm. well, sorry. The first single, which you, I'm sure you'll already have heard. If not, where have you been? Uh, <laughs> which is one wish, which we've talked about to death. I'm sure on this, uh, on the podcast. So we can, uh, Obviously, give it a
1: break, make it brief. <laughs> yeah, one wish. Um, it's probably, I realise, maybe the oldest song in terms of I've, I had wrote some of it before this project, um, never recorded it or anything. But I had, um, I kind of had, you know, the first part of it um, for a while. And I know that must be true because it's the only one, I think, without a working title. It was always called One Wish. So I think I always had some some idea of where it was going. But apparently, looking back at Ableton, didn't actually record it until the middle of November. So presumably didn't. Maybe I was struggling for ideas at that point. I was like, oh, I didn't think Mm -hmm. this is going to be on the album. But we've got to call in the cavalry to... uh, Provide a bit of inspiration. I think it's for one maybe where the kitchen drums are most important. Um, certainly the kind of clangs and clacks of the water bottles and there's some you know, cinnamon stick action going on. There's a little bit of a um again, a sort of randomizer filter which adds a bit of life because, you know, not every not every beat sounds exactly the same. also sort of the tempo of it and the sort of three or six eight timing gives gives everything a bit more space so you can have the snare ringing out or the toms ringing out a bit more than you could in some of the other tracks and it didn't sound too messy
0: so did it was the drum? Were the drums the first you, you didn't come up with the drums first no that first? I, I, I think, I
1: think the, the bass line was the first um, first thing to come here I think I think I was really happy when I had the um the kind of second it's it's basically like two two little progressions in one, I suppose. Um and when I when I wrote the second part, um it sort of ascends along the fretboard a bit more and had a sort of do 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 as well, linking the two. Um I thought I was onto something there, I thought this is a, a strong part from which to build a song around.
0: Um, so, so, did that quickly progress to kind of laying over some chords and, and go from.
1: Yeah, there? I suppose the chords, for the most part, follow the bass line, so, um, so I think after that. I don't know when the kind of hook, the um, the three notes sort of fanfare. Um, I don't know when I wrote that. I don't think it was straight away. Um, but I think the melody came fairly quickly. I think I've got an old phone demo of me just singing the, the melody with no words. Um, I mean, I, I, even the kind of bass breakdown part, um, which happens in the middle, I had that quite early on um didn't know necessarily whereabouts in the song it would go or how it'd work with lyrics or anything but uh but that was there um so i f- i think when i came to flesh it out the main questions were how how often do things occur how many choruses how many verses i think there's quite a lot of verses actually It was about four in this one so one of the tasks we had was to try and differentiate each one it's like there's little little synth parts that come in on some of the verses, um, little guitar parts. Uh, sometimes things drop out just because we wanted everything to sound a bit different. Because
0: um, mm. there's almost two two breakdowns, kind of. It's almost like you've got the the first kind of... Po- po- a lot of what we want to try and do and what people said that I liked from the early demos is the kind of the big fanfare chorus and then the the kind of drop down in volume afterwards so it happens kind of twice in the song one time it's more extreme than the other which that getting that contrast right between yeah after the big one wish fanfare chorus and then dropping out everything drops out and and it's just kind of down to the 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 vocal and, and a quieter line to kind of really catch your attention.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's the songs kind of about the swells, isn't it? The sort of the ups and downs of um... it's one of the things we spoke to the masters about, is to try to make sure that, because there's quite a few points it's not just a case of, right, it gets big at the chorus, quiet in the verse. There's a few different points, like halfway between the verse, sometimes it kicks in a bit more, um, and it's about trying to get the impact right. When each of those parts come in, um, I suppose the last thing to come was the the outro, mm-hmm. which I did rewrite quite late on, because um, it was sort of didn't really have any any form before. It was the the kind of vibe was there, like it was going to get a bit bit more upbeat. I think it went always went to four four timing, um, but it was just kind of one of those loops. that just went on and on, adding parts over a top. So, I think when I wrote that electric guitar line, um, then it actually had a bit of form. I knew how long it needed to be. Um, yeah, I, do, I think that's that's the only time I've recorded acoustic guitar on this album, I think, was that outro, because I wanted to get it in somewhere, um, make it sound a bit more organic.
0: the outro was a again another tricky one in this in this song to get to to sound right and for all the parts to to work together and, and get the levels right it was it was a bit of a a battle again I think I definitely uh, it was a baptism of fire this whole song it was uh, from a mixing point of view from you know, sort of not the most experienced kind of in, in that side of things and learning a bit as we went it was um, yeah, trying to—it's quite an orchestral piece. So balance all the different elements. You know, you've, you've got a bass guitar, but you've also got a, a sort of euph, tuba type sound, you know, or euphonium type sound that, that's there in the. Uh, in the verses, and, and and then other brass, and some there's violins and strings in there as well. So getting all those elements to balance and be the right levels. I know we spent a lot of time staring at the the D, the door and being like uh, the DAW, you not the, the actual door. What's a how? <laughs> yeah, staring at the door, wishing for the outside world. Um, yeah, we uh staring at it, being just like tweaking levels ever so slightly up and down, and being like, does that sound better or worse? And yeah, it, it was a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on, and it was yeah, it was quite a a maximalist
1: song, really, in that we would would add stuff like the strings, and for instance, I think some of those were quite late in the day that they were added um and yeah one one example of a, a little struggle was we added some midi strings um called, called like vintage strings or something um an ableton pack and i, I like the idea of them and i was like but i wasn't sure if i'd got the notes wrong or something because they just didn't sound right and then i realized that they're out of tune um I don't know if it's just the vintage nature of them. Um, but yeah, it it didn't, it was clashing with the rest of the song. So I think we ended up tuning them like a fifth of a step up. <laughs> yeah. uh, and suddenly they.
0: <laughs> we, we, we we retuned the vintage yeah. strings to be in tune. Yeah, kind of defeating the point. And suddenly, yeah. suddenly they sounded like they were supposed to sound. Um,
1: but yeah, some some head scratcher moments. And i there was a. There was a guitar kind of rhythmic guitar part, which originally was very prominent, um, but sounded a bit messy. So it's we did re-record it, um, but it's a bit more um, subtle now. I would say it's important to kind of drive the song along, and give it momentum. But um, but yeah, it, if it was too overbearing, it kind of scuzzed
0: everything up a bit too much. It was an interesting one uh, to do the vocal production on as well. I remember one of the things that I remember uh, was one of the verses in particular, it's like Jack was challenging me. I think it had so much sibilance in it. Um, Like every lyric had like about five S's in. So trying to get that to sound good without it, you know, taking it too far. And I think we sent it off to the mastering engineers that, yeah, you've, you've pushed it too far. It's almost sounding like Jack's got a lisp now, which is what happens when you you go too far taming the S's. But it was, uh, yeah, it was quite a tricky one to, to get right because, uh, yeah, just a lot of S's in a row. Needless to say, that was not something I thought about when writing the lyrics. Um,
1: <laughs> the very concept of <laughs> yeah, sibilance yeah. didn't occur to me until quite late on in the process.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you don't want to sacrifice a good, a good lyric for... Uh, for easiness
1: i think this being the first one we mixed
0: basically everything um it it was like a guinea pig for every kind of aspect of mixing um yeah i suppose you're right yeah like trying out plugins and seeing what works and what doesn't once you've got it right once you can you can do that on other tracks. like i think backing singing was um
1: was one of those things where we record again we recorded kind of whole crack choir voices singing this this one wish chorus line um but we listened to a lot of reference tracks to try and sort of work out how other bands do it like how how loud backing singing actually is um it's quite hard to judge um and i think they ended up we we ended up turning it down quite a bit um maybe it was a lot louder to begin with the backing singing.
0: Yeah, but I think it, it, it's definitely a lot more impactful than it was in the demo, which is one of the comments, when you know, we, people listen to the demo, Was like, that chorus needs to be bigger and, and louder, and, uh, and hopefully it, it does that. Um, when, with the, all the addition of the backing vocals, it really makes a difference. Um, yeah, so that's One Wish.
1: Another world, I'm a
0: naissance man. I'm an astronaut, i an Olympian. Is that are we halfway through? Yeah,
1: that's seven tracks.
0: Brilliant. So yeah, I mean that's the that, that it'll be draw us to the end of part one uh, of this album breakdown. Um hopefully you really enjoy those little clips and a little bit of an insight into some of those tracks uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks with part two uh the second half of the album um and um hopefully that will coincide almost exactly with the release and you'll be able to listen to all these tracks in their full glory so fingers crossed it would be ideal um it really were at the mercy of the uh of the distribution services so fingers crossed they they work quickly we'll, we'll see Uh, but yeah so we'll see you in a couple of weeks for the second half of the album uh, and um, yeah some more interesting insights